edition of the Timbers Army Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello, joined as always by Mr. Drew Olson. Today we have Bryant Ramirez from Mont. Did I say that right, Bryant? You did. Hi, right, Bryant. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Drew, how are we doing? Living the dream, man. Another day, another dollar. Listen, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So how's, uh, how's everyone's week going? Rough, rough day at work today. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I'm glad to be here with you guys. You know, day, having a day job sucks. <laughs> I can't complain. I'm on summer vacation as a teacher, so it's not too bad. Not too shabby at all. So, um, I guess we're having what three, three thorns on the uh, the Deloitte's covers of a uh, from FIFA's across the globe. Yes, we are. Who's the third? Because I know it's Morgan Sinclair. Who's the third? Who am I forgetting? Steph Catley is yeah. for Australia. Is she? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'm I not think, aware of that one. Aren't they all injured right now, too? Or is Sinclair injured? Maybe not. I, don't th- I think she, she, was taking a, she took some time off after the World Cup. I don't think she was injured. Okay. Yeah. It's weird to have Alex Morgan on there, though. Don't you think? Like, No, I completely Not have it. a great World Cup. Well, listen, the way I understand it, and you know, I, I went to school for marketing, it's a fantastic marketing ploy. Right. I guess that's, that's all comes I care about. I mean, like, she's a fantastic player, and you can't take that away from her. But, you know, in the past, what? Well, she was a fantastic player a year ago. Yeah, no, that's that's my point. As I say, you know, she hasn't done anything, you know, fantastic in the past few months. But, you know, she's a household name of U.S. Women, or women's soccer. I mean, her, Hope Solo, and Abby Wambach are all very marketable for U.S. soccer. So why not? Yeah, I don't know how marketable Hope Solo is. <laughs> Hope Solo, not so much. But, you know, she's still a household name of U.S. soccer. I was going to say, just in general, the the cover stars they chose for the various, like, some of the countries I saw, like, they they may not have had the best seasons. I mean, I can't believe Harry Kane didn't get the cover for the UK one. I'm like, he had a great season. Yeah, as a first one, I get that. and Diego Valeri didn't make the one for USA or or, uh, Argentina. Argentina. (laughs) Well, how did that happen? Uh, Who else does Argentina have these days? Um, Sergio Aguero. Who? He's a, he's still playing? <laughs> he's no Diego Valeri, so let's calm down, Drew. Right, or uh, Lucas Milano. There? Yeah. <laughs> let's be real, one. nobody had heard of till a month ago. <laughs> no, I know. But uh, I was actually just watching a video that the Timbers just posted. He looks to be pretty comfortable so far. There's a few clips. He looks to be sharp. I'm happy that we got him. Yeah, who can say? There's always the... Did we release Shuma this week? Yes, we did. Yeah, who was who formerly was one of our saviors. So, but uh, he was also the only reason why we had him in the later part, you know, this past season so far, is because he's a generation Adidas and he wasn't taking a hit on our cap. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, even Valeri, especially Fernandez, pretty much every player, especially coming from South America and Europe, it seems like when they're coming in, they always, even if they turn out to be really good players. It, it often takes a season, up to a season, uh, sure. for them to, to get comfortable. So who knows? He may be coming in late. I, I remember when Diego Chara came in, it took him a while. We were like, this guy's a DP? The um, first season, yeah. He, was, like, yeah. he had that work ethic, but he wasn't quite MLS ready that yeah, first year. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I don't know that it's their MLS ready or not. It's just, you know, it's a travel schedule that they've never even well, probably yeah, comprehended it's, it's, before. It's MLS and, ready because it's just such a different league. I, you know, they're match fit, but it's, they're not adjusted to our way of playing yet. 
We'll get to all this later. But uh, okay. so, Brant, let's talk. Uh, talk about you. <laughs> all right, I can do that. All right. So, how? Who are you, and how did you become a Timbers fan? Let's get. Let's start with the basics. Uh, so I'm originally from Houston. I no family in Oregon, nothing, uh, no, no relation to that. Um, and, uh, I live here in Dallas. It's been about, I don't know, like seven years now I've been living in Dallas and just for the longest time looked for an MLS team, uh, Dynamo didn't really inspire. And even through the championships, you know, like it was, I, I remember watching them and I was just kind of like, uh, you know, like, that's all right. So uh, then I even I even went to the FC Dallas, like the the stadium opener, their newer stadium. And I was like, I'm going to try this out. And I mean, just, eh, you know, like, again, as always, and uh, picked up very uh, orange. Right. I'm sorry. It's a very orange stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. The Houston one is all orange. And oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Not Dallas. Yeah. I'm using the, my Texas yeah. cities. Yeah. I actually think it's a great stadium there. Um, but Anyway, uh, it was really what really did it for me as far as how like picking the timbers or something was uh, was the home opener. I think it was uh, 2013. Uh, it was on national TV and I was watching it and it was against uh, the Red Bull. And that was when uh, we came back. Uh, we were down like three one and then three uh, three at the end of the game. And, you know, I don't know. That just did it. Valerius first game, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Yeah. First goal, too. Yeah. 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 So I watched that on national TV here in Texas and I was like, man, who are these guys? Who's the, you know, people at that North end making all that noise. So, and it, it really simulated, I grew up watching Mexican soccer a lot and it really simulated that for me as closely as possible. So uh, I just, I fell in love from there and, you know, looked into what is the Timbers army and everything like that. So it went on from there. Cool, man. Do you have a uh, Liga MX team that you support? I do. It's a family thing. Uh, Club America. We're, we're Club America. That. Yeah, uh, through and through, except for my dad. Um, he actually was in their youth academy. And, That's cool. Uh, wow. He was kicked out, and so <laughs> forever, forever bitter about it, he switched to Divas the rest of his, uh, the rest of his life. So oh, that's, that's really bitter, isn't it? Yeah, he was really upset about it. So, yeah. So, hold on. Why we have and have you on the Club America topic? I'm not sure if you read the article that came out from Stumptown Footy. That I guess the Timbers, before we signed Lucas Milano, that we were interested in Bernadetto. Yep. I, yeah. I can't. I can't believe that. Like that's so crazy to me. Thinking that, like you know, a couple of years ago we could have had arguably one of the better strikers in you know Concacaf. Yeah, absolutely. I was blown away by that. I read that article and I was like, whoa. You know, I had no idea that they were involved in that in that process and seeing where Benedetto is now, like, I'm like, if we would have had that, I mean, that's that, that's that type of poacher guy we need up front just to put him in the back of the net. And like, I feel like the, you know, going last week, my mindset was the reason why we want to spend money is because the rest of MLS spends money. You know, we're trying to catch up to that, you know, Toronto, LA, whatever. But now I'm kind of thinking, are we willing to spend money because we do not want to get burned again like this? I mean, let's say Lucas Milano went to, you know, uh, was it Celta Vigo in Spain or Villarreal, and he was phenomenal when we lost out on that again. I mean, are we kind of feeling that we get, did get burned and we should have had this experience and we might have had it if we were willing to splash the cash? That's the thing, right? Like, it's who knows if it's <clears throat> going to be a hit or a miss. If, if, it, if it was an exact science, then... <laughs> 
it'd be figured out by now, right? We wouldn't have a Chris Boyd. The way I figure it, though, is also like, I mean, if they saw Benedetto and that quality and he turned into that, it, it gives me confidence that, Definitely. you know, maybe they maybe they do know. Maybe, you know, Gavin does kind of know some talent every once in a while, you know? And if you yeah. look at the track record between scouting older players and young players, we have more success scouting young players than we do old players. It's true. Yeah, and I would add that the article we're talking about is Chris Reifer's, just the process that went into signing this. Everybody should read that if you're towards the end. Like, unbelievable article that goes back years and how they scouted these guys and uh, signed some and, you know, got Larry, and that kind of helped the relationship with this one. Um, but as a, a data nerd and an analytics guy, um, one of the most, maybe most interesting things, at least to me in that article, was that the Timbers were using expected goals and some some pretty advanced uh, soccer uh, analytics metrics that I, I know that a lot of teams use, but it's, I think, only the second time that any MLS team has publicly stated that, you know, they use the, these sort of metrics to evaluate their players and target certain guys for transfer. So, um, I mean... I think that's a good sign because the the more tools you can have at your disposal, the better. And it's cheaper to hire a statistician than to waste a bunch of money on a guy like Chris Boyd. So that's heartening, I think. No, for, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the part where they even talk about how similar Milano and Bernadetto actually are. I, they have a, I believe Milano is better inside the box slightly, and you know Bernadetto is slightly better outside the box. But they're relatively similar players. You know when you look at the stats. You know, that's not everything, but that give, that's got to give you some confidence. Definitely. Uh, so we're already off topic, but uh, so Bryant, where, uh, what uh, away days have you been to before, if any, and uh, what are your favorites? Uh, so I did, um, I did 2013. I started there and pretty much like any time they'd come to Texas, I haven't done an away day outside of Texas, but uh, my small first... state. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, my first one was without uh, the Timbers Army and Lone Star Brigade. I didn't know about it. I just kind of like spur of the moment. I saw they were coming to town, so I went and saw them. Uh, and then after that, I think my first like official one was the U.S. Open game here in Dallas. Nice. Uh, the three to two win where Nagby had just such a good game, uh, and that was just. Uh, it was really funny because the guys all there were like, I mean, they'd either had draws or losses in Dallas before that. And it was my first one. And they were like, oh, you got to win you know, your <laughs> first one. It was a pretty good win, too. So uh, I, I've done all of them since I've been down to Houston. Obviously, I have family there, so it's really easy for me. And uh, planning on doing T2 in Austin in about two weeks, oh, cool. too. So that'll be the first time in Austin. So. Uh, favorite one, I think, was the the last one, last Dallas game last season. It was the last day of the of the season, and even though we didn't make the playoffs, uh, we had such a such a great like group. Like they were probably the biggest group I had seen. We had a lot of Portlanders come down. I think you know to see out the end of the season and hopefully playoffs. So that that was my favorite, and we won you know two 0 So it was it was all around a really good time. You've probably seen more Nagby goals than a lot of fans with season tickets. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's crazy. Uh, you have any other questions for Bryant before we start talking about the team, Kyle? No, no. All set. Let's, uh, let's jump into a 
Portland Timbers. Well, actually, before we get into that, I just wanted to, uh, well, rather than talk about the Portland Timbers, I was at the game in Philly a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I don't know that we need to talk about that game besides to say that we brought our F plus team and, uh, didn't go great, but yeah, so the tailgate was fun. Uh, we had quite a few people, probably about the same, maybe a little more than Philadelphia a couple of years ago. Uh, it was really hot. There were, it was a sold out stadium, I think, which was kind of cool, but man, at first, I thought it was like kind of adorable that the Philly fans would just boo us whenever they saw us. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then it like some of the cursing and vulgarities that I'd heard, I was like, oh, you bring your, your, your that's you and your daughter, and you just said that to us. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and just like we'd be in the middle of our chance, and their favorite thing was to throw sucks in them. So it'd be like PT sucks FC sucks it was like wow you guys are original where did you write this stuff incredible no, thing. philly fans are not original they're terrible now what did you think of the whole uh the uh the bread slicing thing that they yeah did? i didn't see that till after the, the game um i don't get it what's with is bread something that they is philly famous for bread i'm not sure if it's like because bimbo was their uh oh, sponsor maybe okay that's funny like I'll, I'll I think I know it's cheeky. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, good, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that didn't come through on the. I was watching the. No, the, us live, and I didn't see that or or their little tifo they unfurled like after they score. I didn't see it very well either. So. Did you see ours? We had a pretty cool tifo. It didn't air it. No. No, oh, it was sweet. I saw some images after. Yeah, it was the. Uh, but the always sunny in Portland. Uh, it's it's always or it's always sunshine in Chester, and then yes. it said uh. PTFC don't crack, and I had the picture of the Liberty Bell. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a good depot. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the game wasn't great. I mean, do you think that game was a calculated risk though? Like we intentionally I hope so, because I hope we didn't think we were gonna win that game. That was our T2. That was basically T2. Let's be real. It was very T2y. The back line was pretty T2y. Man, Janerson is not an MLS player. I don't think he reminds no, me of Yarte. I was not aware that he was playing, like, the third division in Brazil. I thought he was a little higher up than that, but he was pretty far down. But he's still young, and, you know, he's hopefully still developing to maybe something a little better down the line, but... Yeah, I don't know. That was that was tough. And Pei, I think, has some potential, but... He was... To watch him on TV, he was terrifying. Yeah. Like, I was like, like oh, God, this is going to completely implode on itself in a few minutes. And sometimes it did. So I, I had a question about I was just wondering, um, you guys saw the man of the match vote that went to him. And, yes. you know, I was, was there something like I was curious, like, was there something behind the scenes that was calculated? Or did just everyone snark come out and go, let's do this all like it was just it seemed so crazy. Like I was like, I never saw anything on Twitter or Facebook that was like, let's vote this. And, you know, in sarcasm, but. I didn't understand that. Maybe everyone was so mad about the game they didn't vote except for his family members. Right. I don't know. know. Yeah. I I would have voted Timber's Army as man of the match for that one. Right. So so I guess that's a way of saying I would have voted for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much that was the the Diego Valeri and Gaston Fernandez show. Like that's those are the only two bright lights in that because there's nothing else happening. 
I mean, Adi was all right. You know, he did what he did, but you know, it's Adi. So, what more can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, I actually think he was probably man of the match, which is not saying much. He held up play. Yeah. All right, and his passing was pretty good, but it was pretty much the Diego Valeri Fernandez show. Yeah. And I think that's all we have to say about that. It it really is. We moved past it. It was a bad loss, and you know. Keep your highs high, or keep your highs low and your lows high. Is that the saying? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so we followed that up with our 1-1 tie against Vancouver, which I think, you know, the ref lost control of the game, but I think that was a fair result for the most part. Um, Vancouver's good. I mean, I'm, Vancouver's very good. I don't know what to say, but they're, they're very quietly a very, very good team. Not that quietly. I mean, they've been... I, I don't, they're not getting the hype that anyone else is. I mean, to be He's as... Coach Bias, man. Yeah, no, you're completely right. It is a bias, but like, they're just not getting the publicity that you know your SKCs are, or your LA Galaxies are. But I think they're they're definitely you know they're going to be possibly more than likely a top three team, unless they fall off the wagon completely. But you know they had a you know relatively new back pairing and they still did pretty good. I mean, when we and you know we went to Chester and we had you know two new players in the back line kind of collapsed, but. They had, you know, relatively new players, and they did just fine. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a quality team, and they have so many... It's weird, because their strikers haven't necessarily been amazing. I mean, Rivero is legit. That's a, I think that's a really good signing. I think he's a young... Is he a young DP, whatever they're calling that now? I don't think he is. I think he's older than that, isn't he? Really? Okay, I can I thought, I thought it was 22 and under. I might be wrong. Um, but anyway, so Rivera, I mean, Rivera is really good. He didn't even have an incredible game, but, um, it was, I mean, this was a game that I thought easily Vancouver could have, you know, grabbed one at the end, especially when the ref lost control. So, um, fair result, disappointing result. Obviously the, the red card to Will Johnson sucks, which seems sketchy to me. Like, I just, it seems like, sketchy right bef- to a lot of people. Yeah, right. I mean, right before we recorded the started recording i like rewatched that i don't think he said anything i think he got that was like a rashid wallace like staring down the ref and gets the second technical you know like he didn't say anything i don't think there were a couple of moments where someone steps in front of the camera so you can't fully tell yeah. but it sure looked like he was just staring at the ref and then got the second yellow and how you can call that descent i don't know it seems sketchy but again it's probably not one that they're gonna so they've already said they're not going to bother appealing it, but so it's it's why is why it is. is that? Do they only get certain amount of number of peel, yes, appeals? Yes, I think you. Oh, okay. I feel oh, like you actually get fined if your appeal is denied. Oh, it's like it's a blatant so... red card. I think you actually get fined for like wasting time or something like that. I don't know. I thought I heard that when, uh, when the rule first came out, but I think you can only do it like three times a year. Rivero is a young DP. I win. Okay, good job for you. He's Drew. only twenty-three. Thank you. Yeah, he just turned 23 in January. But yeah, no, I completely agree. Fair result. The Diego, yeah, the Diego Valeri goal was quite a quite a nice little finish, but uh, I think it was our our 2014 Diego. It felt like he, yeah, he, uh, he was all over the place. He had all our best chances. And he is very uh, he's steadily getting you know back to what we need him to be, and that's fantastic because now we're rounding into the time when we need him to be that good. It was just such a, like on my end watching it, it was such a bummer to have what felt like pretty much every starter we had, whereas they were, you know, down quite a bit of guys. And like you said, that young backline pairing and 
I know it was a fair result. I mean, it. you're right. I mean, everybody said it. Like, we, we just played. But I'm like, how can we play that terribly? I, you know, I don't know. That's that's where I feel like we're not that great team. You know, we're just that good team because that should have been three points. Yeah. Those are the games where it's pretty even that you, if you're a really good team, you win at home. Like, if you're, well, first of all, if you're a really good team, you should expect to win every game at home. And, but you're right. Like, that was a pretty even match that, you know, especially our attacking options, which seem to be good now. It's one you hope to, hope to do a little better. Yeah. That said, man, I just wish Pa Ka could play in the back line of every team. I guess he's been okay for them this season, yeah, but I was really disappointed when I saw he wasn't playing. Now, how do you feel about the, uh, the Wallace Espria argument? Who do you prefer in that position? I like Esprit off the bench. I think he's played better off the bench, and I think Wallace has not played great off the bench. I think he had one good – was it the Colorado game where I want to say Wallace came off the bench and came played really well? But for the most part, I feel like Wallace is a better starter, and I like Esprit off the bench, especially for chasing a game. I, I also think it, it, it's a game state situation, right? So if we're chasing a lead or chasing a chasing a goal – then I like Espria, but I think Wallace is much better defensively than Espria as well. That said, Espria's work rate is phenomenal, so he may not be the most the best tackler, but man, he's going to run his ass off. So I don't know. Who do you have in that one, Brian? Uh, I I prefer Espria as well. I mean, just like you said, his work rate, uh, his pace, uh, just some of the stuff he does with the ball. I mean, it's incredible. But yeah, like you said, I mean, if you put him in at the, if he starts the game, I mean, by the 60th, I mean, he's, you could tell he's just not yeah. the same player, you know, as he is there. And so it's kind of like, you know, weighing it, like, would you rather have him come off the bench and run at tired defenders or, you know, would you rather have him in at the beginning? So, I, I mean, but I, I do prefer Espria. I know I'm just, I, I'm not, I don't dislike Rodney, but I, I, I would prefer Espria in that position. I think what comes to me, comes to for me is that I don't think we're going to see 2013 Wallace again. I'm pretty sure that's a, that, that's possibly his past. Why? I don't see him making the same runs. I don't see him having the same tactical awareness. Yes, he still gets back, but he's not the same dynamic player that he was in 2013. That might have been that, you know, we were playing in a different, a little more new way, and no one really expected us to play that way, so no one really expected Wallace to play that way. But I just don't see it coming back. Therefore, I think long-term, he's a little more expendable. But I like, I'd like i like to see uh, Spria get more time so he can get more adjusted to the lineup. That's fair. I mean, Spria is only 23, he is. so he's definitely going to continue to get better. Um, but that said, Wallace is, what, 26, 27? Not old by any no, definitely stretch not. of the thing, imagination. Though, I feel like he still has value. So if you're going to get rid of him, now's the t- not like now, but like you know, maybe this offseason is the time to do it where he still has some decent value and you know, you got two, you had two new teams coming into leagues here. They might be looking for more MLS talent. And, and especially with Milano coming in, if he ends up being able to play, exactly. point. if he ends up being able to play on the wing, and you have Espria, and obviously you're going to put Nagby in there, where you know that's going to leave Rodney out of it. Just, yeah, you know, he might not. He might not move at all. I mean, he's definitely a good. Ba- I mean, even if he gets a, he's replaced by Espria in the starting lineup, he's a good option to always have because he is proven to some extent. You know, he's. He's had success, and you know what you're going to get from him. He's relatively known quantity, but I'm saying he's definitely expendable come the off season. 
if it's free, I can keep progressing, definitely. Yeah. Hard, crazy to think that he was one of the first players ever to end up on the t- Timbers, and that we traded Dax McCarty for him. Yeah. Weird. Yep. Cool. Because he came from uh, DC, correct? So you know yeah, that. he was, he was in player. DC, yeah. Um, I have a bullet point here that just says playing crappy lately. So <laughs> what do you, what do you guys, do you think this is something to be concerned about? Uh, I mean, we mentioned, Bryant mentioned that the performance against Vancouver wasn't great and the Philadelphia one was awful, but there's a few caveats I think that go on there, right? Like the Philly, Philadelphia one, you know, T2 was. That was, you know, that was a calculated risk that we didn't calculate it, you know, appropriately <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Also, sorry to jump back now, but Andrew Web. Why is Andrew Weber no still the no backup keeper? Yeah, I had no idea. Jake I, Gleason is undefeated as a Timbers goalkeeper. Well, I think uh, he, Gleason got he had a T two game like the day or two before, and he couldn't make it to Philadelphia. But I had I'm like I looked at that. Well, I'm then like, just don't play him in T two. Like I, that's my point. I'm like he should. You know, I know he needs constant reps, and you know he's he's a goalkeeper, so he needs to play, but. I don't have any confidence in Andrew Weber. Like, he makes me upset. It seems like every game he's played has just been... He makes some kind of error. Yeah, I mean, and, like, it's not all his fault, obviously, but, like, we'd be in the CONCACAF Champions League if he hadn't effed up that one cross last season, so... Oh, I completely agree. I looked at that lineup and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, let's, uh... So, let me bring back the question that I asked and then answered myself. Um, what do you guys think of the form of the team right now? Is this something to be concerned about? Let's uh, let's start with Brian this time. You know, I mean, that's that's so hard because we just came off such a good run, you know, where, where it was everything was so bad for a while and everybody's, like, ready to throw in the season. And then we obviously go on that big run of games. And so I think, I think it's... I think it's a mid-season thing. I think it's just kind of a little bit of a slump. I think I think we'll end up getting out of it. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I guess for me, I would I would I think one of the big bigger solutions would be to um, more Paparato. I mean, I'm a, I'm Team Papa all the way, so uh, I would have liked to have seen him start that Vancouver game. And I know Borchers got man of the match for the Vancouver game, and he had that block off the line. But I think we create out better especially when all the argentines are playing you know i'd like to you want you do you think papa should start over borchers i do i do oh man you're crazy (laughs) i i I can't understand where he's coming from primarily just because of uh borchers age and just rotation based upon that like you know give him time to rest you know he's what he's 34 35 yeah 34 you know and papa is what 31 30 oh i didn't know he's that old Yeah, yeah he's He's, I, I, think think he's about, I think he's about 30 or 31. Um, but also, I don't know if you guys know the stat. It's like, I think we're nearly, Paparato and Ridgewell have gone like about 500 minutes without getting scored on. Um, that's wow. that's close to like, yeah, like four or five games or something like that with that back line. Um, so I, I just think that's missed upon everybody. Everybody loves Borchers in there. And I think everybody's still thinking of Paparato from last year, but he's had some really good games this year. Yeah, he's been really good. I, I, I mean, I think Borchers has been the def- best defender on the team this year. I, I think he's been better than Ridgewell, honestly. Um, but Paparato has been really good. Paparato, I think, is better center back than, you know, half the center backs in the league. 
and it's not bad but when he's your Again, you're going back to the point of being MLS ready. Like, you know, last year he had a slump, right. but this year he's, you know, in, yeah, you have a smaller sample size to look at, but in every game he's played, and he has never made those pop router mistakes of 2014. I'm not saying yeah. we're going to replace anyone we got yet, but I'd like to see a more healthy rotation, you know, you know, maybe two times a month, but I think it'd be good just, you know, have that variety. It's weird that we keep talking about how much depth we have, and yet when our main guys are out, we still stay. We have depth in everywhere, but if you accept the outside backs now. Like, if you look at that, that's our new issue area. Because if something happens to Powell, you can kind of put Jack back there, but, you know, he's he's Jack. I would put Jack over Pay. I, agree, I would agree. Right but if you, yeah. no matter what you do, you're dropping off in that position. And yeah. then if Viafania goes, what do you have then? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Jack. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And you saw that in yeah. Chester. Like, you realize how much of a drop-off happens if you let those two guys go. Don't don't we still have like a roster spot open or something? I know we probably we have one put... spot open now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we wildly speculate? If anybody, I would have somebody from MLS. I don't want to yeah. go abroad on that yeah. position. I would like to have an MLS player come in. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a some just a backup guy, like you said, just to put in there and have that experience that can replace Biafania or Powell in case something happens. seems like and you know i don't want to minimize it but outside backs aren't exactly hot commodities so you'd think we'd be able to find one relatively cheap i mean you think about michael harrington i think i mean the reason we got rid of him is because he was not cheap but he was a you know a league average or you know maybe a little above average player and i think he's either injured or just not on the playing anymore for Colorado. So you know, there's got to be some other guys floating around the league that uh, we could snap up for cheap. Or, who knows, like, sign from the lower divisions. Yeah. And I guess Danny O'Rourke is he's still pre- – is he on T2 officially? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's I, not good, but he's not the worst. No. I think he is. I, I, th- I thought I heard he might be doing the Newcastle game, so I thought he might be there, so. Okay. But Drew, to answer your original question, I do not think that this uh, this crappy play that we're going through right now is uh, is all that bad. I mean, if you look at the standings right now, as long as we keep distance between 6 and 7, which there is a sizable gap right now, we're doing okay. Because of have how close 1 through 6 are, you know, things can change week in, week out, and they're going to. But as long as you keep yourself above that red line, which we're doing fine, and at the fact we got one point, I'm okay with it right now. As long as it's going to a trend, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and we do have an easy-ish... Well, we're playing bad teams in the next few weeks. I mean, we have a few road games, but um, if we can take care of business, I can get some confidence back Yeah, I mean, as well. looking at the schedule, I think the last month is the only one that really concerns me. In October, we have Salt Lake, Galaxy, Colorado at home, and I'm forgetting the fourth team we play that month, but... We play RSL twice, I know. Um, yeah, there's a few. Um, okay. I think we've beaten those horses to death. Let's uh, let's look forward to Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific, which is probably, I assume most people are probably listening in Portland. But um, So, uh, Brian, do you watch Dallas games? 
I, I don't. Uh, not as much. Okay. I think I've the last one I watched was the one with against the Dynamo. I, I like watching those the rivalry games, but uh, uh, Brimstone Cup is that what that's called? The what? Is it the Brimstone Cup? No, I think that's the one with Chicago. Uh, oh, okay. I lo- oh, that's right, because it's the burn. And the yeah, the fire. burn. I love that name. <laughs> Sick name for a trophy. <laughs> Uh, I know the the two uh, play for a cannon, but I don't know what the. It's, probably the, the... Il Cap- it's the El Capitan, isn't it? Yeah, El Capitan. Yeah. Okay. Drew, you open this up for us. It's the Texas Derby. Okay. Oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah the winner takes home El Capitan, a replica 18th century mountain howitzer cannon. <laughs> that's that's pretty rad. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So, fair enough. Uh, we know uh, Blas Perez is going to be out because Panama, Panama is miraculously still in the Gold Cup. That winning a game. <laughs> They've yet to win yeah. a game. They're in the quarters. Or semis. Semis now? Yeah. Yeah, semis. Well, I mean, they won PKs, but yeah, okay. Um, but, I, but I think the major story about Dallas is, you know, they always seem to be, they, every season they are at the top of the table after two months. And then every season they fall off, except for this season, it seems like. And Fabian Castillo is probably a top five player in MLS. Has just absolutely been killing it this season. They have, and then they have all these homegrown players. Are you listening, Gavin? Merritt? <laughs> homegrown players. You know what that is? Did you actually hear that uh, we extended our homegrown territory into New Mexico now? Oh yes, the soccer hotbed of New of New Mexico. Yes. Albuquerque is so known for its soccer. Are there any MLS players from New Mexico? Now I'm looking that up. There might be. I'd be a little hard-pressed to think there isn't, but... Could we not claim Argentina? Was that not possible? (laughs) I'm not quite sure uh, we can do that, but I like where your head's at. Devin Sandoval went to the University of New Mexico. Uh, Oh, he's from Albuquerque. Okay, that might be it. Devin Sandoval. All right, so that's one. Blake Smith? Who's Blake Smith? Have you heard Never of this heard person? Him. Never heard of him. He he plays for the Impact. Oh no, he's from El Paso though. But he he played okay. Yeah, so I think it might be Devin Sandoval. So that I'm really excited for I can imagine our our homegrown players from from New Mexico. But then they also um, have a guy like Mario Diaz or Mar- the Mario Diaz. Mario, yeah, who's incredible. Another just like. Unbelievable player. I like him. I know he's fantastic, but he has one of those games where he's either on or completely off. He will fade out a game sometimes, and you won't even notice him. But there are times, you know, the exact opposite, where he can boss any midfield. Yeah, I mean, he's. I I think you're you're underselling him. I mean, I think he he's basically Michael Bradley without quite the ability to hit the long ball as well. But the dude can get stuck in. Is an incredible passer, um, and just you know, has, is an IQ guy. Like he never feels like he's running, he's sprinting, you know, he always has the ball at his feet and just looks like he's going in slow motion, but always finds that really nice pass. Uh, and then I actually, how do you say the other guy's name? Uloa? Uyoa? Ooh, I don't know. But another, like a homegrown guy who I think just came up in the first team, maybe late last season or this season might be his first, but he's again, just been, playing so well, and then they have Kellen Acosta. So it's like this triangle that they put out there, and in a lot of ways it's similar to the formation the Timbers put out. Uh, the difference is obviously that the 
I think the average age I was reading of those guys is 23. So it's just, I mean, this is a wrecking crew that could, you know, be an institution for Dallas for the next 10 years if they can keep it together. So that's that's going to be the real concern, especially with Blasquez out. To Fabian Castillo, though, I do not think he will be around within the next couple of years. Somebody's going to buy him. He's gotten nothing but better. He is somebody that, like, and you're right, he's probably a top five player in MLS. And people notice that. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had offers from a couple Italian teams this offseason. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's got more coming this year because he's not slowing down in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, again, he's only 23. Dude, un- unreal. I, I, is it just me? I know I live on the East Coast now, so this is weird. But, like, I just feel like I hear – all I hear about are freaking New York City FC, the Red Bulls, the Galaxy, and occasionally Orlando. I feel like that's all anyone wants to talk about. I guess because they're the ones signing players. Yes, I mean, but, did you look at how little uh, our Milano splash made in the uh, the MLS world? Like, I think I saw one article in MLS about it, but nothing else I posted about it. Pirlo is thirty eight. The dude is, is like practically in the grave already. Come on, like yep. this. He's like I have no doubt that he's going to be very good, especially because that team is so bad. But the thing is, though, I went to the New York City uh, Revs game this past weekend, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was a it was a good atmosphere. It's 28,000 at Joette, which is very scarcely ever happening there. But NYFC looked so disconnected. Like, Villa was, like, visibly frustrated. Like, there was a mom who surprisingly knew who David Villa was behind me, a couple of kids, <laughs> and they're like, why is he getting so angry? Like, because no one's helping him, and that's the case. It's probably the most imbalanced team in MLS history. It I mean, is. they have David, David Villa, who's incredible, and has managed to score goals basically on an island. Him and Mix. Now they're going to have Lampard and, and Pirlo. And then, like, uh, what's his name? Daniel Hernandez, who, yeah. like, got cut from Dallas a few years ago. And Mehdi Bellucci has been playing huge minutes for them. Yes, who's, yes. who's Who is he? He's the... The James Jones, if you watch the NBA of of MLS, just has played for every team. Usually plays one or two seasons and then moves somewhere else. Moves yeah. on and you know plays fifteen minutes a game. But this they're being relied on as major players. I I don't understand why they don't. I don't know, like a defender or something somewhere in the back. You know, spending well, on. They something. just picked up to they Angelino, who was in the Man City Academy system, and then. Some guy who played for Atletico Babella. I don't. I, I might be. I probably butchering that name. Yeah, I can't pronounce that. I don't follow the league at all. But Rocky Balboa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so you know, I was watching them, and the back line ends up getting shored up a little bit. But again, you know, Via is still on an island, like you said. I definitely think Lampard and Pirlo will help, but they're also not going to be mobile. So that leaves you with mix and like one other person to make this whole team mobile. I just don't know how that's going to happen unless the game is a long ball Sevilla and hope for the best. And oh given Lampard and Pirro can probably put that ball on a tee for him, but no one's not going to track him. And Villa's not that fast. Like he's fast, but he's not that fast. And all of that so, on that tiny soccer field. Exactly. Oh, it's like a pinball machine. Oh, it's sure. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But back to Dallas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's stick with that. Let's do that. So I mean, I you got to be confident that Dallas is gonna, Dallas is going to come out to play because that's what they do, and they're good enough to beat the Denver's. Like that's you should, no two ways about that. 
And it's supposed to be 100 plus degrees. It too. is. You know, I think the unknown quantity is Milano could be playing. You know, Caleb Porter said that you know he'd like him to come off the bench if all of his. And I think the uh, I think Will Johnson's red card increased the odds of that happening significantly. Yes. It comes down to because his paperwork isn't finalized yet. We're still oh, waiting. It's not? it's not not 100. percent That's what we're waiting on. I th- I think it's a visa issue. I it think is. like every, yeah. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, he's training with the team now, but I, he can't officially play. So yeah, I, I Porter seems very confident that he's gonna at least get some time. Interesting. So, wh- how, who do you think is going to start in the midfield? We got to assume Valeri is going to be there and Chara, uh, and Nagby. I think so. Jack I guess starts. you think Jack goes in. I think Jack uh, goes in. and plays the Will Johnson role. That's probably that's probably right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't see. I mean, unless yeah, that's got to be what happens because it makes no sense. Because especially because you know Jack's going to stay back a little bit more, and that's you kind of want to have that uh that additional defensive piece. Yeah, and Fochive. He's not there yet. Off the radar. He's yeah. not there yet. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Nagby stays, because uh, you know he, for some reason, he's got Dallas's number, and he almost always has. Yeah, man, this is where he plays the best. Uh, Maybe he should have gone to a warmer city to be playing MLS. Who knows? Just kidding. <laughs> Never leave Darlington. Never leave. <laughs> but I don't think uh, I don't think Milano starts. Uh, I'm pretty sure he comes off the bench like this, 60th, 75th, maybe later, depending on how we're doing. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a ball. Your Rudy's going to start. Really? Yep. I don't know why. I just feel like we've got to see him again. I haven't seen him in a little while. I, have no I think it's me, Adi. I think he'll probably come off early just because of the heat. Maybe. But I would say Rudy comes on around 67th minute. You can write that down. All right, 67. Hold it to that. So are we assuming that Milano comes in on the wings then? I think that makes the most sense. Uh, I think he's probably a Nagby sub if he does play. And I would say it's a later sub, 80th. I think 80th. Yeah, 90th maybe even, depending on what's going on in the game, just to get him on. I thought I heard that uh, Porter talks about liking him a lot better, like way up front, you know, playing that. Not yeah. forward or I think even that's them. part of the long-term goal, to have him be yeah. the lone striker. But I feel like just to put him on the pitch with the team, he'll probably come in for somebody on the wings, or may- maybe he'll come in for the striker, but I think it's going to be improv. I mean, I don't I don't think he's going to be a lone <laughs> striker. I mean, Merritt just t- tweeted last week that Audi wasn't going anywhere. So, I don't know if... And it doesn't sound like they want to change the system. They're not changing so I, the system, no. Yeah, so I think Audi, at least in the short term, is is going to be the main striker. No, I agree. They just have too much money you know, invested in him. He's so he's scoring goals in certain times, occasionally. Yeah. I mean, and I said this last time, I think we should sell high on Audi right now. Like, I think we should have sold him yesterday, but Merritt, I think, has made clear that that's not going to happen. So. Well, I think you still want to have that cover while Milano's getting ready. You want to keep your investment protected. You don't want to... Hanging with the dry within the first few weeks. Sure. I mean, did, we did spend what it was a five million transfer fee and a rumor we think four million salary over the four years. Yeah. Okay. So four folks coming in to Dallas, maybe their first time coming in from Portland. Uh, they hop off the airplane, presumably, hopefully, have a rental car with 
air conditioning. If they don't, I would recommend they get back in the plane and fly back. Yeah, that's a big must. <laughs> um, and where do they? Where should they go to get their grub on? Get some some authentic Texan food. Uh, well, presumably they're gonna have a hotel near the stadium, you know, because I mean Frisco is like. 45 minutes north of Dallas. So it's not, wow. yeah, it's, it's anywhere from 30 to 45, depending on uh, traffic. But um, most of the people are probably going to be in the Plano Frisco area. Um, but um, there's a really like, probably my best recommendation near the stadium um, is a place called babes chicken. Um, just incredibly large portions, Texan sized portions. If you, is that, is that how all of the Dallas homegrown players get good is they make them work at babes? <laughs> They're just born there and get dropped off. Uh, I mean, that's how to make barbecue. I mean, some of those, yeah. some of those pieces of chicken fried steak are about the size of those guys. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, I mean that, that around that area, I mean, that's probably the best place to get something very Texan. Chances are there'll be a wait. So don't do it, you know, two hours before the game because that place is, I mean, it's worth the wait, though. I mean, that's usually pretty good. Um, Plus, think about the people you're going to be standing next to and what, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's probably my best recommendation in that area. But, I mean, there are a ton of great places in Dallas. But, again, I mean, no one's going to want to drive pretty far out, you know, for something like that. So. Nice. uh, is there anything um, to do in the area? Like, if you're, let's say you're going from, like, the weekend, is there anything to do? Like, can you go there? Does there stuff to see? First Fisherman's school. Wharf, uh, <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> uh, Frisco is, like, upscale suburbia, so it's very commercial. Everything there that, you know, it's it's shops or malls or, you know, anything. like. There's nothing like, whoa, you need to go there and see this awesome natural thing or you know you need to try this type of specific food or whatever it's very commercial you know and it's very new frisco is still growing and you know there's still spots of frisco where it's just ranch land so um yeah i mean that was where that stadium was was probably just fields like 10 years ago or something like that it was just a pizza hut right (laughs) (laughs) yeah they just expanded pizza hut yeah (laughs) Cool. Uh, so what? Uh, what's uh? So it sounds like driving is the only option. Yeah, public uh, transit. Driving is the only option, and if you're gonna take the highways, which is the best way, uh, the only way to get into Frisco are two different toll roads. So uh, if you have a rental car, probably just charge you to that. But yeah, I mean, Frisco's pretty. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, just upscale and very exclusive. So uh, they want you to come, but they want you to pay to to come. And then spend your money while you're there. So sounds like the opposite of Chester. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, do you guys have any like pregame tailgate or meetup plan for Army folks? Yeah. So uh, we what we usually end up doing, and what's likely what's going to happen this time, uh, will be a tailgate outside in the parking lot. Um, we figured what better way to introduce all these Portlanders to Dallas than to just stand outside. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but it's usually we, game times at eight, we'll probably be there somewhere four or five. Uh, it's always the parking lot closest to the Londoner. Uh, once you get there, you'll see it's, it's a pub called the Londoner. You'll see it. It's closest to the highway and it's free parking. So 
if you bring your rental car, uh, you just pull up. It's this big parking lot, and you'll probably see all our all our flags and everybody in green and stuff. So, we're you can't miss us. <laughs> very cool. Be the ones in green and gold. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And they always, you know, flags and stuff everywhere, so you can you can usually spot us. Cool. All right. So let's hear it, uh, Kyle. What's going to happen? I can see another 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, you know, depending Brian? on our defense, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah? And you see Jack filling in? I do. As long as he plays smart, I can definitely see another 1-1 one, one draw. Okay. Bryant? I was actually thinking 2-2. Two, two. Uh, it was 2-all. Um, I can see both teams can score. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really think that it'll be kind of a higher draw. It'll be like a shootout type thing. Man. Did you guys watch the last two games? Drew, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, maybe I'm a cynic, but I'm saying 2-0 Dallas. I just... It's it's going to be so hot. All right, hold on. I'm going to change my right now. It's We're without our captain. 5 nothing Timbers with a Darlington-Nagby hat trick. <laughs> Man. I got a six-pack with your name on it if that, <laughs> if that happens. Or I guess it should be a five-pack, but yeah. No, that's actually not going to happen. I know that. That's <laughs> not going to happen at all. RSA with his MLS debut goal. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I like your guys' optimism. That I, think be, I, I think right now you got to say optimism. I don't think you – know, we've had a couple bad results, but I don't think there's any reason to be all doom and gloom just yet. But I think this – I we, mean, I'm doing it right now. It's, <laughs> it's, no, I think if we, get, if we get a result on the, in Dallas, it will make or break this month. You know, if, I think if we get a, like, even a draw at the one point, the result... There's a the, lot of month left. There's one know. game left in the month, Drew. No, there's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought we had two games left. No. But again, yeah. if we get the result, I think even, you know, a, a one or a three, regardless, I think the month becomes a little more successful. Just because as long as we're getting points right now, that's okay. Yeah, I, I think that, I don't know, going for the draw, I guess, if if they can do that... Uh, would probably be best considering the schedule and all the, you know, what's coming up. If we can go, you know, get draws or even steal some wins on the road, I mean, it'll it'll be a pretty good month coming up. Yeah, I think if we do see Milano, I think it's more likely if we are behind. So Yeah, I would agree. Maybe that's something to look forward to if you're a cynic like me. Um, and I don't know if you've heard anything. But can he play? Can he get back and defend it all? Like, is he that type of guy? I don't think so. I think he's Gaston Fernandez you think type so? of player. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm being optimistic because I hope his height means he can at least you know get in the box and head away the ball because we don't really have that very much. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I mean, yeah. That's why we need Paparato in there. No, agreed. That's that's one thing <laughs> Paparato is very good at. Absolutely true. Yeah, he's. I, I think Paparato is our best defender in the air. It's. That's t- there's no competition. Who would be second? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Uh, okay. Uh, so we're down to 13 games left in the season. Hard to believe. Seven away, six home. We have a pretty dang easy schedule if you're looking at the quality of competition. Again, I mean, going to Dallas, going – we have – our next game is at San Jose, home, at, home to Chicago – in Salt Lake, home against Houston. Those are our next five. All very winnable games. Maybe, I would say Dallas, maybe not winnable, but the other four against less than 
well, let's just say not playoff teams currently. So Salt Lake has not been anything special this season either. Let's let's be honest. No, they're they're, they're uh, pretty bad. They're pretty bad, especially now that they, well, I like that they did the trade with DC to get uh, Silva. Silva's really good, but uh, I don't know who's going to score for them now that they don't have Sabaria. They've been finding goals, but you know the third team that their bite has definitely been reduced. They're a lot more bark now. Aren't they still kind of like our kryptonite though? We haven't really convinced. We haven't really convincingly beat them, you know, like that no, I can remember. Where it's like, man, we just, we just whooped on those guys. Like even with the U.S. Open Cup, I mean, they knocked us out. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a poor performance too, and we brought a pretty good lineup to that yeah. game. So yeah, that's a that's a good that's a really good point. Um, so, and we're currently in sixth place if you go by points per game, which is, in my opinion, the only way. Like looking at Raw points is silly. Uh, that feels about right to me. We might be a little better than, you know, a team like Columbus, which is, you know, in a similar place as us. And we're right a little above the earthquakes, I think. I just, I'm looking at the teams ahead of us, Seattle, Vancouver, Dallas, uh, I think they're all better than us, guys. Oh, do you mean Seattle as a whole or Seattle right now? Because Seattle right now is a train wreck. They're an absolute train wreck. They're about wreck. to get Dempsey and Martins back, though. Yeah, uh, no, you're totally yeah, right. Right now they stink. Marco Papa to a DUI. Yeah, what does that mean? Is he going to be out for a while? It means he has to be reviewed by an MLS panel. But like he's a, not coming back anytime soon. Like it's a substance abuse panel or something is. like that, right? Yeah, and uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, CJ Sapong had to deal with it, and he was out for a few weeks. But the fact is, like, th- this is Seattle. This t- this is the way I want Seattle to be. They're just a train wreck of a team. Like, they can buy all the talent they want, but they're shitty people. Yeah, you're not wrong, but they're. I feel like they're also going to get every benefit that MLS can give them. Like, they're going to get all. I don't know. Maybe, this is one of those things where you did something bad, and people will now look at that. Like, they gave Dempsey the minimum suspension. Because I couldn't interfere with the Gold Cup, I can kind of get that. You know, he's still kind of a douche, but this guy had a DUI and was arrested. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a certain protocol that has to be followed here. This is you know. Did it happen in Seattle? I do. I'm actually not sure about that. I don't know. I I know he was he was with Guatemala, right? Was it for yeah. the Gold Cup? So yeah. it might have been somewhere in between, or still with the team. And I didn't even mention Sporting Kansas City, which has been on a tear lately. Yeah, they have. Really killing it. Do you guys think we're going to move up in this standings? Do you think we're going to miss the playoffs? I do not think. Again, this goes my thing. As long as we're getting points, I don't think we're missing the playoffs. Because I feel like there's enough sizable gap right now. And I don't see any of the teams under it going on a tear. But because of the level of competition that we're starting to play in, I can see us going on a tear again. But, you know, I can see us, you know, by the end of the season, sitting at fourth would make sense to me. I can definitely see that. Especially so who are we going to move ahead? L.A.? L.A. just just re-up their roster. Um, I mean, Vancouver? I can, see, I can see Seattle not quite getting back to form. I really okay. can. I can just see this kind of interrupting their season. Man, could you imagine if they just didn't make the playoffs? I think I know, they'll still make the I'm playoffs. I'm just dreaming right now. I think they'll still make it just because... I know. But, but I can cool see them didn't. going below us into fifth. And 
I'll bank on Dallas doing what Dallas does every year and just kind of dropping off. Because, you know, there's too much of a track record of them doing that. And they'll go into they go into sixth. I don't know. I don't see that from this year. Correa, man, that, I think he's a really good coach. So and, and sporting keeps going the way that they are, too. They'd probably be in front of us. Um, and like you said, yeah. the Galaxy with now Giovanni Dos Santos, that's that's such a big signing. No, it is not wrong. I mean, I, I see the top four being Galaxy, Casey, Whitecaps, and us be number four. Yeah. It's going to be tough, man. The West is loaded. No, it is. The crazy thing, what if uh, DC is averaging 1.5 million points per game. That's the same as Seattle right now. New England is currently in a playoff spot at 1.23 points per game, which is less than RSL. It's a joke. No, it shows how much they needed Jermaine Jones. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Wild. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, still USL standings, and it's kind of the same way. Everything in the West is really close, and everything in the East looks like it looks like more powers in the West as well. So I wonder what there is about that with just soccer in the U.S. in general. California has always been a hotbed. That's what it comes down to, I think. Yeah, I mean. Maybe this is oversimplifying, but it just seems, I mean, people care about soccer more on the West Coast. And I don't, maybe somehow that might translate to the teams and how the teams get run. They well, if you also can look at, like, that know what they're doing. You know, I, baseball, that baseball has been an East Coast sport. Basically, you've had the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, the Nats. Well, come the back. Red Sox were terrible for 100 years. Yeah, so no, they were. That's, they've always been popular, regardless of their quality. You know, the Nationals made a splash when they came back in. But then, you know, like, you go out west, and it's really not that impressive. Like, they, they're they one of the reasons that MLB attendance has gone down. I mean, Seattle Mariners bring nobody into the stadium. And, like, oh, they do okay. They do, like, 13,000, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's what they averaged last year. They're one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, then you have football, and you get the Seahawks, the... 49ers and the Chargers. Am I missing anybody? The Raiders. No one there. I don't do football. <laughs> Neither do I. But I'm saying, like, out of those teams, you have the 49ers and the Seahawks. They'll make a splash. But the Raiders are the Raiders, and San Diego's been The so Seahawks good. went to the Super Bowl the last two years. No, I'm saying is that's I'm saying. The Seahawks and the. Uh, oh, you're saying that. Okay. And the 49ers are the two you know quality teams out there. But then the Raiders and the Chargers are pretty subpar. Then you have, the- you know, the Lakers. The Clippers and the Trailblazers, and Trailblazers are pretty popular, and as are both LA teams. But you know, without any, they have no the superpower in the West Coast is pretty much Galaxy, the Lakers, probably the 49ers, you know, maybe the Dodgers, but you know they don't bring attendance either. But they're just a popular name. So soccer is, sure. you know, it's had a place out west because they've never had a Yankees. You know, the closest thing part of the Yankees is the Lakers. But, you know, the Yankees are the Yankees. They're possibly one of the most they're, – they're always in the top ten most, like, infamous and known marketed brands. You can also probably look at, you know, soccer, I think, appeals so much, especially, like, in cities like Portland and Seattle to that, like, counterculture, you know, where that's exactly. bigger. 
without bigger out west and then you know also the latino culture just in general and there's probably a lot more california texas you know even though the texas teams here don't sell out or anything but i mean those are also big things to to take into consideration i forgot about the la kings the la kings have won the Stanley cup a couple times and i just they're never they never make a splash even when they do win I feel like soccer's always had a place. Hockey in LA. Oh, exactly. My point. Yeah. Like, it just never quite. Soccer's always had a place out west. And, you know, whether it is the counterculture or the fact that there is a community down there that has embraced soccer from when they were young. Yeah. Totally. All right. Now that we've discussed sports in America, (laughs) I feel like it's time. So I think we've we've said enough. Yeah, I think this is it for us. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Bryant. Appreciate it. Good it. having you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And um, just a quick note, my girlfriend would probably really be upset if I didn't give a shout-out to our two cats, Miss Pickles and Tucker. So. No, that's fair. You probably should do that. Pickles and Tucker, thanks for listening. <laughs> if you don't mind, leave us an iTunes rating and <laughs> review. Five stars. <laughs> Uh, follow us on Twitter at TA Field Report. Email timbersfieldreport at gmail.com. Am I missing anything, Kyle? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, if you are a Timbers fan in a respective city that has a game coming up, there's only one more East Coast-ish, each, excuse me, each Coast-ish game in Columbus, and that's yeah. not until September. So we should probably venture out to other places like maybe... If there are any Timbers fans going to or from uh, Sandy, Utah, or yeah. uh, I do say the, the Bay Area, we can somewhere with the Bay Area. Yeah, from the other Frisco. Yeah. Um, the real Frisco. Yeah, OG Frisco. <laughs> uh, yeah, reach out to us, shoot us an email, or tweet us, or whatever. Uh, we would love to to have you on. Uh. Oh, Brian, do you have, like, a Twitter or anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just Bryant underscore RF. Uh, That's just me. You can find me. Um, And just Portlanders, bring your sunblock and hydrate. And uh, no cursing in our away section. They are big sticklers for that. So I hate to say it, but but let's let's use bloody instead of (laughs) other things. And, uh... Shag your respective others. You know, we don't need this to be sexist either. So Exactly. Right on. All right. Uh, and with that, I think we're out of here. Yeah, it's going to do it, guys. You can hear it on the radio.